This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. I'm Alistair Roberts. I'm the Rappaport Professor of Law and Public Policy here at Suffolk University Law School. I've just finished a new book. It's called America's First Great Depression, Economic Crisis and Political Disorder After the Panic of 1837, and it's going to be published by Cornell University Press in March of this year. So this is a story about an economic and political crisis in the United States in the early 19th century, and it starts off with a speculative boom. It's a real estate boom, a period in which people thought it was impossible to lose money on real estate investments. And this boom was really driven partly by foreign investment. Lots of foreigners, especially British investors, putting money into the United States on the promise of getting a high return. The boom ends suddenly and the country is plunged into economic and political turmoil. About a third of American states default on their debt, mainly to foreign creditors. Washington seizes up. It seems impossible to take decisions about how to fix the crisis. And you see, at the same time, violence and unrest in many parts of the country is riots in the streets of major U.S. cities. So the country is really plunged deeply into economic and political crisis. I wanted to tell a story about a time when the United States was not the dominant global economic power and when it was heavily dependent on international trade and finance, and partly because that's the kind of world I think we're going to be heading into in the future. The argument is that the last few decades have been a period in which the American economy was relatively self-sufficient and also dominant within the global economic order. It's not going to be like that in the future, but the key thing is it wasn't like that in the past either. So I think telling stories about what our politics and economy were like in the past, in the 19th century, can also help us think about what politics is likely to be in the future as well. This book is basically a story about how the United States works itself out of this crisis. And one of the big themes here is about Americans sorting out what the boundaries to liberty are. The, the decade or so before the crisis of 1837 was a period in which the vote was extended broadly in the United States. A lot of people became politically active for the first time. It was a period in which the idea of self-rule, self-determination was really taken seriously. And this crisis obliged Americans to kind of confront the limits of what was possible. Taxpayers had to reconcile themselves to the fact that they had to accept new taxes to pay foreign creditors. They found it deeply distasteful, but they did it. State governments had to reconcile themselves to the fact that they couldn't be actively involved in infrastructure projects for economic development. They accepted for the first time new restrictions on borrowing and spending, constitutional restrictions. In major U.S. cities, we saw the establishment of police forces for the first time to maintain order. A lot of people found that distasteful because the notion was the American people should be able to discipline themselves. And then in foreign policy, it was a very difficult time because Americans were restless, they wanted to expand, but they kept bumping up against the United Kingdom, the British, and this created a big problem because the British were not only military rivals and territorial rivals, they were also the major overseas creditor. They were the people who wanted their money back, who invested heavily in the United States. So in a lot of different ways, this is a period in which Americans are kind of reconciling themselves to the limits of the possible. 
This isn't just a timely story. I think it's also a very interesting and lively story on its own account. I've gone back and looked at contemporary newspapers and magazines and political debates and liven the narrative as much as I can so that people really get a sense of what the debates were like. And I think contemporary readers are really going to be startled by the character of the crisis and the depths of the crisis. This was a time in which many people in Europe and in the United States as well wondered whether the country itself would survive. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.